Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. I remember one Sunday morning in my late teenage years sitting in church, sort of sitting in one of those wooden pews by myself, um, wondering if, if God was real, wondering if, if there was a point to all of it, um, not really living as though he was real in my life at the moment, but, but beginning to ask those questions. And, and I don't recommend doing this, and, and this is not the way the Bible is supposed to be read, uh, but, but I took one of those pew Bibles and, and I just started flipping, flipping and, and going, okay, God, if you're real, uh, why don't you say something to me? And, and I, again, I, I think that's kind of testing God, and it's not usually the way he works, but he humored me in this moment um, in order to confront me. And, and sure enough, I, I was flipping the Bible open and just sort of stopped, stopped here, and then I went like this, uh, almost comically, and then down on. And, and my, my finger landed on James 4.4. 4. And this is what I read after saying, God, if you're real, then say something to me. Here's what he said to me. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And I shut the Bible and I started to look around. Like, what just happened? Because uh, in, in my life at that time, um, friendship with the world was, that was my life. Uh, that was what I was striving for. And, and I was sort of engaging in this question of, am I going to follow you, God? Are you real? Because this, you know, the world really looks really appealing. Um, and God really confronted me in this moment. It kind of began this journey in some ways of pursuing him at a deeper level. Um, and I believe that, that he uses the Bible in that way. Again, it's not usually the way that we're supposed to do it. Um, read, it read it more systematically throughout. But um, but but the Bible is living and active and that God speaks to us. He reads us with it. And, and for today's practical discipline, um, I want to talk about praying in the Bible, of allowing the Bible to speak and engaging with the Bible in prayer as this, this thing that, that God's Spirit dwells within and works within us and, and illuminates in our heart to speak to us and that it's timeless truth, that it is truth for us. Um, and so I want to work through something that's very old, uh, a discipline for us, a spiritual practice that started in the 6th century by Benedict, Benedict of Nursia, who, um, who started what we know as Lectio Divina, or a divine reading. Um, and, and so I'll walk through the process with you and describe it, but I want to challenge you, encourage you, exhort you to take some time, uh, whether that's later today or tomorrow morning, early, um, and, and try this. It's, it's not a fix-all, it's not a cure-all, but it's a discipline. It's a pathway or a conduit where we, we walk deeper with God, where we receive um, grace of His presence, where we can hear from Him uh, and experience Him. And we create these opportunities for relationship. And so... Um, Lectio Divina, it's really trying to focus, focus on, uh, on transformational reading of the Bible instead of just informational, which we often read through just so that we can understand more facts or, yep, I get that, I get that story, uh, and close the book and, and sort of call our duty done for the day. Uh, but, but really trying to read it in a way where we're allowing God to transform us. So carve out at least 15 minutes, try and create that time where if you've got kids at home, try and do it before they're awake or after they're in bed where you can be alert and attentive, undistracted. Um, it, it's really difficult to meditate on Scripture when your kids are asking you for waffles. I've learned this from experience. 
Um, so, so find the right space, carve out the right time, make a commitment to God that you want to connect with them, uh, and, and then set an alarm, whatever it takes to, 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 to follow through and do it. Um, create the time and then, and then put yourself in a posture and in a place that, that's not distracting. Um, you know, sit uh, in a comfortable chair that's not going to lull you to sleep, uh, but in a place that you can be comfortable and, and really focus your mind. Um, and we start Lectio Divina with a step one, which is Lectio, which is Latin for reading. So you're going to choose a brief passage, uh, something that you can you can uh, chew on it in, in small bites. Again, it's not about working your way through a lot of text. It's about trying to hear God's voice in the midst of a small text. Um, and it begin by praying. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 18, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things in your law. So, so you begin this whole exercise first by praying, that if the Spirit is going to work, then you need to ask. We need to be asking the Spirit to illuminate, to work, to speak to us. So, so choose a passage that's short. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'll sign one at the end of this. Um, but choose a passage that's short and, and open in prayer when you have the, the time and the space and, and you're focused and ready to go. Um, you take the passage, you're going to read it, and read it, and then read it again, and then read it again, and then read it again. Um, and, and the way that I view it is, is often when I come to something for the first time, it seems big, and I have a hard time uh, wrapping my head around it. And as I continue to come at it in different angles and continue to come at it again and again, it, things begin to shrink. Um, things be, you begin to understand. It's like you can understand it in its, in its entirety. And so, so read it. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. Know what's there. Look for words that repeat. Look for themes. Um, if you don't understand a word, press in and, and try and figure out what's going on in the context. Uh, read and read it and read it again. Try not to get into commentaries and dictionaries too much, but focus just on what is in the word itself. So get a, um, get a fairly readable, um, accurate translation. Um, uh, I really like the ESV. I continue to encourage you in that if, if you're looking for Bible translation. Uh, come, to the, come to it as, as a disciple, though, and not a scholar. Not trying to understand the Greek uh, sort of parsing of each verb, um, but come to it as somebody who's trying to actually follow Jesus. Uh, the second step, after you've read it, you've read it a bunch, you know what's there, um, you get it, you're familiar with the text, is meditate on it. Uh, th that's allowing yourself to, to steep in it like tea. Um, chew on it. Uh, reflect on, on the words. Uh, reflect on, if, if it's a narrative, reflect on the characters. Put yourself in the story. Imagine that, that perhaps if it's Paul or James, it, they're writing it to you in, in your, your situation. Imagine, imagine perhaps even that, that if, it's, it's, if it's an epistle, uh, that, that Paul or Jesus is standing there next to you, speaking those words to you into your life. Um, meditate on it. Lord, what are you saying in this passage? What is really going on? Try and feel what is going on as much as you understand it. Put yourself in it and meditate on the words and the concepts, the ideas. Chew on it. Rotate it around. Feel what's going on. Uh, out of meditation, um, the third step is oratio, which is, which is prayer. And that is, that is responding to that text. This isn't where you bring in your wish list for the day, but this is going, if, if this is truly what the text says, and this is how I understand what, what, what's really going on and what I'm experiencing in the text, pray the text back to God, whatever the text is calling for. Maybe that's a prayer of repentance or confession. Maybe it's thanksgiving or adoration. Maybe it's a prayer of, of just sort of reflecting in your own life what's going on and surrender. Um, 
but reading and meditation, understanding the text, is, is preparation to pray it back, to actually pray what's going on in your heart back to God and begin this conversation. What are the practical consequences of the text? As a result of what you hear God saying through the text and through your meditation of it, um, what do you have to say back to Him? Um, and really wrestle with it if you need to as well in prayer. So you read it, we meditate on it, understanding what's going on, grappling with it, feeling it, and then praying it back, beginning a dialogue and a conversation. And the final step, which for me and for most of us is probably the most difficult, and we'll take discipline and work over time, so, so give yourself some grace in it, is called contemplation or contemplatio, um, where it's really about receptivity in silence. About st We stop talking, and we try and just listen. We try and sort of empty out our, our thoughts, our, our minds, and, and just try and sit before God, and, and resting in Him and waiting on Him. Um, and we can't control this process, uh, and that maybe that's one of the hardest parts for me. Um, but don't be concerned about the results in it. Don't be concerned about what you hear, when you hear. Just sort of create an opportunity. Listen, I've read this inspired text. I understand what's going on. I get the words. I'm meditating and feel what the author is saying, what God is trying to say, and the message that it is. And I've brought that back up to God and how I feel about it and what's going on and what's been convicting to me and what I'm encouraged about. I've brought those back up to God and now I'm just going to sit in silence and wait to see if God brings an image to my mind or a word or if I hear from him, or, or if I, I, maybe I experience something um, spiritually as, as I'm sitting in it. When your mind wanders, come back to sort of an image of what the passage is about. You know, if you start thinking about that, you know, that house repair that has to get done as soon as you're done with this, um, try and come back to, okay, what is the passage again? I read it, I meditated on, what's the, what's the key theme? What's the idea that's really standing out at me? And you just sort of think about that again and then let your mind sort of Try and, and, and contemplate um, what God might be trying to say to you. It's a receptive passivity. We can't control what or if we hear anything, but we want to create the space to. And when you feel like it's time to finish, then finish. Um, but allow what you've heard, what you've experienced, what you've read, what you've meditated on, all of it, uh, allow it to continue to mull about in your mind through the day. Uh, maybe it's not just about that moment, but maybe uh, maybe the contemplation is setting up something that you're going to experience or, or something else later in the day that you're going to need and it's going to come back to you. Or maybe God will speak to you later in the day. But, um, but I want to encourage you in this discipline. And there's fluidity to it. It's not about legalism or, or following sort of a set uh, boundaries and rules. It's really about being intentional and trying to come before the text going that God wants to speak to us through His, His Word, which is living and alive and creating the space in silence in relationship to allow Him to speak to us. So, now go and do. So again, read the text. Meditate on the text, pray the text, and then contemplate on the text. I'd encourage you to consider, um, maybe you've got one that you, you know already, again, try and keep it short, um, but based on this, this, this theme for our series, um, and all that we've been working on in this series, it keeps coming back to our, our primary theme, and so I would suggest a good place to start might be Philippians chapter 4, 
verses 4 to 7. Just three verses, but there's a lot there. But I, I think there's a lot there that's relevant and that God can uh, and will speak to us through. So Philippians 4, 4 to 7, or you know, choose your own, um, and, and see what happens. Create the space, create the discipline, and allow God to meet with you in the midst of it. Um, don't be discouraged. Don't set expectations, but simply in relationship go, God, I, I value your presence. I value your word. I want you to speak into my life and create the time and the space to be able to hear him and see what happens. Um, I'd love if, 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 if God does something in this, if God is speaking to you, if there's something um, coincidental uh, that shows up in, in, in the day or in the week as this happens of what God is doing, uh, please send me an email. I, I love to hear these stories of what God is doing in your life, and uh, all I do is talk to a camera. And so I love getting feedback on, on how these are resonating with you and, and, and how God is using uh, this, um, my study, my time, my prep, and, and, and using this in your life. And so please uh, feel free to share with me what God has been doing um, through these things. Um, let's pray. So God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to speak to us and help us to carve out the time uh, to hear from you, to sit in relationship with you. And so I pray that you would give us the the focus, give us the um, the time to um, sort of sit in your presence. And I pray that you'd be faithful, that we don't earn it or deserve it, but um, that you'd be faithful and that you would speak to us, that we'd hear from you in the midst of the busyness of our lives. Thank you that you do want to speak for your Holy Spirit, which does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I, I hope this goes really well. I hope that you get the chance to do this and try it and that it's a fruitful exercise as you um, grow deeper in your walk with Jesus. Love you. Take care.